0: Welcome back to A Bit of Fun with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. Welcome to season nine. If you're just joining us this month, we are intentionally trying to scare me, which I hate, but it hasn't happened yet, actually. This is episode two, but I know it's coming. I know it's coming because one on the list just absolutely petrifies me. This month we're talking about horror movies in celebration of Halloween. I'm diving all in. In fact, I've started listening to witch-themed audiobooks. Most of them are silly and not scary in any capacity, but I've got them all lined up to to read all month, which I don't typically do. I don't typically read for the holiday. I don't read scary books around Halloween usually. I don't read Christmassy stuff at the Christmas, at, you know, in December, but I'm going in. I'm going all in this year. We're going to make the end of this year fun and uh, apparently just holiday themed. Today we're tackling friend of the pod Eric Holbrook's pick for one of his favorites, 1978's Dawn of the Dead. It's also attributed to 1979. We'll clear that up a little later. So I'm not scared of zombies. Not not really. And I've thought a lot about zombies because, oddly enough, I did go through a zombie phase. You know, Goldie, Han, Summer, and then zombies. <laughs> I don't know. I I just get really into things for a little bit, for a little short period of time. This happened right after I saw Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead. Fell in love with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Their friendship was hilarious. The whole movie was spectacular. A date movie that's a zombie flick. Thought it was great. And so then I just started watching as many zombie movies as I could get my hands on. Night of the Living Dead, the Newer Dawn of the Dead. This was the first time I'd seen the older version of Dawn of the Dead. There was another one I really liked called Fido, um, where there was a zombie apocalypse and they start to turn the zombies into pets. Uh, and I, what's his name? He was, um, he's the guy from, I'm going to try to look this up really quickly as I'm talking to you, the guy that played Billy Bones in The Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, I think his name is Billy in real life. I'm stalling. Billy Connolly. It is Billy in real life. Billy Connolly was in it. He plays Fido. Um, then I, of course, uh, Zombieland, which was another fantastic. You fall in love with all of the characters. The cameo by Bill Murray, absolutely. Chef's kiss. And then I also went to this really late night showing of a one called Dead Snow. It was at the ArtCraft in. Franklin. They did a weird horror series at one time, and I think it started at like 10 or 11 o'clock, and I dragged my friend down there to see it, because not only do you always want to see a movie at the Artcraft because it's fantastic, but the popcorn's delicious, so why not add zombies to it? And it was about where Nazi, <laughs> Nazi zombies are crawling out of the snow and terrorizing these younger kids that are staying in a cabin. I mean, there's an outhouse scene that is disgusting and also... <laughs> scary and hilarious. I think I'm not scared of zombies because for the most part, uh zombie lands a little different. But for the most part they just move so slowly, so even I think like I could maybe get away for, from some and I I've hosted a lot of zombie programs at the library. Teens do really like to think through a zombie apocalypse plan. I have my own. Um I want to stop at Camping World and get all the gear that I need and then maybe head to Costco or Sam's Club because you've got Bulk food, but not a lot of windows. You could just barricade yourself in, which they do in this movie. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But have you thought through? I never watched The Walking Dead, though. I don't. Maybe that was too gritty, too gory for me. I know a lot of people that did. I I did read like the first 15, 16 of the graphic novel, but I didn't ever watch the show. Maybe that's something I need to go back through. But did you ever plan your zombie apocalypse? You know what you're going to do? I figure the best bet is just to try to get out in the middle of nowhere where there's no people, except if you do read any zombie fiction, which I have read a little, usually the world just starts to dissolve into like cult territory where there's a lot of cults that start, which also excites me. One day we'll probably have to talk about my love of cults, Um, but it was, I don't know. I I will probably still die within five minutes. We determined that during the, you know, the blockbuster, summer blockbuster season. I I am not, I'm not, not athletic. Like, I I think I could hit something and hit it pretty hard. I, I'm not, um, but I'm not, I get scared and I would probably just fall down. I'm, I don't have a lot of grace. (laughs) But on to the movie. Today we are talking about Dawn of the Dead, as I mentioned before. It was written and directed by George A. Romero. He's considered the father of zombie films and one of the leading and influential pioneers of the horror film genre. He got his, interestingly though, he got his start in short films and TV commercials. And according to Wikipedia, one of his first commercial films was a segment for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where Mr. Rogers has a tonsillectomy. That just feels oddly sweet. I'm mean, And I... I mean, I know these guys aren't, you know, probably really scary dudes. They just have either really strange imaginations or interesting passion projects, you know, but just that he was (laughs) working with Mr. Rogers, just, I don't know. It's kind of wonderful. So then he starts a production company called Image 10 Productions in the late 60s with a group of people. And they would later produce Night of the Living Dead, which came out in 1968, his first zombie movie. So we're going to stick with the interesting tidbits here, and then we'll get into um, the summary of the movie and how I was feeling. Because, again, that is is what we're going with this season. I was reading an interesting article on popculture.com that came out in 2017, I think, titled Six Things You Might Not Know About Dawn of the Dead. In it, they talk a lot about Romero continuing progressive themes from the movie's predecessor, from Night of the Living Dead. In Dawn of the Dead, they have another strong African-American lead, but they also decide to add a sensible, capable woman to the storyline as well. A woman named Fran, played by Galen Ross. The article shared that it was actually Ross's suggestion to have Fran fight back and stand her ground. Quote, she didn't want to portray a character who would rely on men to fight her battles gotta love that oh do i really love that it then said that ross refused to scream in any scene as she knew that if she showed that vulnerability the character's strength would be lost i have to say that of all the zombie movies i've seen the look of the zombies and Don- the dawn of the dead is my least favorite they just looked blue <laughs> Apparently, the special effects artist Tom Savini kind of regrets that choice. He was going for a gray skin tone. So Night of the Living Dead was shot in black and white. So they never really established a color for the zombies at that time. And so he was hoping to kind of bring, you know, that look into it, this kind of gray tone into it. But when it got on camera, it actually looked a lot more blue than gray. The Blood was a combination of peanut butter, sugar syrup, and food coloring kind of thick and at times it looked fluorescent on camera and they actually filmed in the mall that inspired the movie the Monroeville mall in Monroeville Pennsylvania was which is a working mall you could go to it now and I guess it's on Eric's list to go to here he really wants to go it was an open mall so the crew had to shoot at night and they were supposed to film from like 11 p.m. to 9 a.m., but usually had to stop around 7 in the morning because some scheduled Muzak would start to play over the intercom and no one knew how to turn it off. I thought that was funny. So apparently Romero had gone and gotten a like behind the scenes tour of this mall. I don't know. I can't remember why in particular, but he thought it would be an interesting place uh, because it is kind of much like Costco or Sam's Club, a kind of self-contained place where you could hypothetically hang out for a while which is exactly what happens in the movie so the movie came out in the u.s in april 1979 it was released in italy originally in 1978 so that's why they say it's 1978 so the dawn of the dead and then it slowly started to open in additional theaters around the world it starred david mg as steven ken Forey as Peter, and Scott H. Reiniger as Roger. And of course, I already mentioned Galen Ross as Francine. It looks like Forey was mostly in other horror movies. He had a fairly decent, still working today, um, filmography. He was also in Water for Elephants, which was a good book and an awful movie. <laughs> awful movie. Robert Pattinson and, um, oh, oh my goodness, how could I just... Reese Witherspoon. Just forgot her name. I could see her, but I couldn't think of her name. Uh, So, not a great movie. And he was also in some episodes of Keenan and Kel, which I just think is fabulous. The man has worked pretty steadily and is still working. David MG is a Hoosier. He was born in Evansville in 1946. He didn't really do a whole lot else, only has about five credits on his IMDb. Same with Scott Reiniger. Uh, This was about it. A few one offs on television and a cameo in the 2004 remake, but That's about it. And then Galen Ross's filmography is even smaller, but looks like she got really into documentary filmmaking. Nothing I've heard of, but she directed 13 different films, which is pretty fantastic. The budget for the film was an estimated $650,000. It only made $150,000 at the box office but it has become a cult classic. It was a fairly big year for movies in 1979, at least for that time. I don't know if maybe that had a lot to do with it or people just weren't going to the movies in the same way. The top 10 grossing, movie, grossing films um, in 1979 were Kramer versus Kramer in the number one spot. They kind of cleaned up at the Oscars that year. The Amityville Horror Rocky II, Apocalypse Now, Star Trek, the motion picture, which just kind of gets thrown in there. Alien, 10. I'm not familiar with 10. The Jerk, Moonraker, and The Muppet Movie. I bet you can guess which was my favorite (laughs) of the top 10. That April, the Dawn of the Dead was up against Mad Max and Woody Allen's Manhattan. It wasn't a ride release, though, for Dawn of the Dead. It didn't open too many theaters. So not surprising that it didn't fare too well at the box office, I guess. Which leads us to the summary of the movie. So the movie starts out with Fran, who is working at a, a TV news station. And so she she's kind of asleep at the station, wakes up to kind of find things in chaos. Everything is starting to shut down. The zombies have taken over the city. There's just, you know, these humans packed in this building, um, trying to keep things going, trying to get news out to people. But they also just dissolve into um, these weird debates on camera about different things. And then it kind of pans over to a different building where some armed forces are storming in because there are people who have not been bitten living with potential zombies. So they're trying to clear out the zombies and get the people out of there. It does not go well. And you really start to follow two particular people, um, Peter and Stephen. Is that right? Um, Not Stephen. Peter and Roger. Peter and Roger. They are the two kind of. I don't know if I can't remember if they were military or cops that you you tend to follow. So you follow them around. They shoot some zombies, and then they meet up with Stephen, who is picking Fran up at the news station. He's like, "Enough! We have to get out of here." He has a chopper on the roof. I don't think it's ever explained why he has a chopper on the roof. So the four of them. Peter, Roger, Stephen, and Fran get in this chopper and take off. And they fly for as long as they can, Uh, and then they have to land for gas. So you have a pretty... Tense scene as they land the chopper um, at an airfield. They're trying to fill up the gas tank on the chopper. They go to explore some different things, find out if they can find some food at the hangar, and then get attacked by zombies. They do manage to get away. So they fly and they find a mall. And so they go into this mall and they kind of storm through. They realize there's not a lot of zombies in there, but they think that if they can kind of trap the zombies in different areas, they would have pretty. Clear you know use of most of them all, which they end up doing, so they go in there's no other humans squatting in there that haven't been bitten. Um, they kind of move around and get the zombies trapped in certain areas, and then they have the run of the place, and they also determine, which I thought was very interesting, that they needed there was where they, they came in from the roof and then down some back corridors, so they end up creating a fake wall where they a fake wall down this one hallway so if anybody does any looters do come in they wouldn't know that they're actually living behind this wall where they set up literal kind of apartments for each other in that place um which is which was interesting i i like that idea except that later in the movie you realize this fake wall they made is really just kind of made out of cardboard it is the most flimsy wall spoiler they get through so most of the movie is really watching them survive in this mall until towards the very end. Um, I um, Steven decides that he's going to try to teach Fran how to fly the chopper, I guess, just in case and probably because she was a little bored. But she she's that go to woman, you know, she wanted to know how to protect herself if she needed to. So he takes her up on a fly. And when they're up, they get spotted landing by some this motorcycle crew, (laughs) these, these looters who then decide that they are going to storm in. There must be enough goods and stuff that they can get at the mall. They're going to storm in and and take it all. So the third act is them trying to protect the mall from these looters, which they don't do good at. I should also point out though, there's this whole scene where they're trying to get these trucks um, of food and supplies, medical supplies to the, the mall. And they've got this whole process of trying to back it in so that the zombies can't get into it and also can't get into the hole um in the mall. And poor Roger gets bitten. Um he ends up getting hurt and, and he dies and they have to kill him. So it's just Steven, Peter, and Fran at this point when the looters arrive. And um it's it's rather like I think I, I really do think that's the p- scariest part for me of any zombie movie is watching what happens to humanity. Not the zombies, not that you you know start to crave human flesh, but how the people that have not been bitten react. How they just kind of lose any morality and behave in any way they want. So they're storming in. They're fighting zombies because now the, the zombies are back in the building. Um, Fran is hiding out in the apartments trying to wait it out. And Stephen and Peter go down to try to stop them, um, but they are overrun. And so, at one point, poor Stephen gets stuck in an elevator with some of the zombies, and he can't fight them off. And he gets bitten and becomes a zombie. Peter does make it back to where Fran is, but the looters have also found that spot. So she is going to get up to the roof and try to get away. Also, should note that Fran is very pregnant. Um, as they were first leaving the news station, Stephen admits to them that, oh yeah, by the way, Fran is pregnant, which is also terrifying. I guess that's something that you think a lot about too, that you would want humanity to go on. So you would want babies to be born, but how terrifying that would be for women to have that happen. Um, how you, I mean, no medical care at that point, And how do you keep a baby alive if you are doing your very best to stay alive as well? What if you can't find food and enough nutrients for yourself to keep your baby alive what if your body is just going haywire and you can't produce milk and there's no formula all of that would be kind of scary beyond scary actually (laughs) that would be horrifying um so Fran is sitting waiting hoping Peter is going to get to the chopper you don't think he's going to make it but he eventually does and they are able to fly away and so that's the end of the movie I i guess it's a little bit hopeful they did get away, but away to what? Where are they going to next and so that lack of hope in a zombie movie is is pretty scary, I guess, and not the zombies themselves, but just what would you do what would you how would you survive? Um, what if Peter then turns on Fran or Fran on Peter for any particular reason um, how do they? how do they cope just together and how do they survive what's ahead of them? Really? I did like it. I really liked the movie. I, I think all of those things were going through my head. So it wasn't fear as I was watching it. I I didn't necessarily needed to watch it with all the lights on. And like the next two movies (laughs) we'll be talking about. Um, but it's, it zombie movies are thinkers. It gets you thinking. And Hoping that you have a good plan <laughs> something you know if if it hits the fan and then hoping you've surrounded yourself with the right people that could keep you alive, and I guess that's also what's as I remember reading the graphic novels for The Walking Dead and kind of getting tidbits from the shows you know you see things that pop up on YouTube or Facebook and that that who you're with completely changes the outcome of your life and you're, you're kind of you have to work together and yet you're held hostage by the whims and the fears and the maybe no scruples of other people, um, which is just interesting when it comes to zombie movies. I can see why Eric likes it. I can see why he wants to visit the mall. It'd be kind of surreal to walk through the wall. I know it probably looks much different now. A lot of updates since 1978, but um, to walk around and just kind of have that same feel would be kind of cool. You don't often get to go to sets like that that are working sets that you could walk into at any particular moment. So it'd be kind of cool to do. I think that's it. A shorter episode today. Um, We are going to talk about uh, 1408, the Stephen King adaptation with John Cusack and The Conjuring. That one one will be a bit of an episode because it absolutely terrified me. Um, So we're going to talk about those next week. I hope you're doing something fun for Halloween in the fall season. I'm really looking forward to maybe going to a corn maze in the middle of the day. <laughs> I don't like to go at night. I don't like people jumping out at me. Or if haunted houses are your thing, I hope you're going. I. Grew up even working in haunted houses, and I don't know why I did that. I worked at the Southport Little Leagues haunted house for years, and I think I just wanted to do it because it seemed like something cool to do, but I was actually terrified the whole time I was in there. There's this one um night I remember distinctly when the boy I had a serious crush on walked through the room, and I didn't know how to like do my scream yell at him, and so we just stood about an inch apart staring at each other, and then he just like, Hi, Emily. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the most awful thing in the world. Uh, I do remember people that there was one I went to in college where I thought I was on a side of town that nobody would know me and we're walking through and all of a sudden somebody in the shadows is saying my name going, Emily, Emily. And I think that might've been the last haunted house I went to. (laughs) I never found out who did it. And I asked around as much as I could to see who was actually working that night at the haunted house and couldn't find anybody. But I hope you're doing something fun. My idea of fall really means the Renaissance Fair in Ohio. The Ohio Renaissance Festival, if you've never gone, is a good time. Uh, they have this whole kind of kingdom set up where there's you walk through the gates um, and it feels very much like a village, but there's just amazing entertainers. And to see people get really into that, that's what fall is to me, not necessary sc- necessarily scary movies. We did in college, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last episode, we decided that in college we were going to go to a scary movie every Halloween or like either night of or a couple days beforehand. And so my group of friends, we would go to these scary movies. I remember seeing The Ring during Halloween season and watching very little of it because I was just kind of peeking through my hands. That's how I make it through scary movies. Peek through your hands and plug your ears. (laughs) I don't know how that helps, but it does. It helps me at least. We also went to see, I think it was called 13 Ghosts, about Matthew Lillard was in it. I can't remember the plot really, but they're walking through this building separated by glass walls, and behind the glass walls are all of these different kind of monster scary creatures. And something happened, and it was an intentional jump scare, and I leapt into the air and ended up on... My best friend's lap, poor Lindsay, she had to catch me. And then I just start cackling. And that's the thing. That's why I ruin scary movies for other people at the theater because I scream and then immediately burst into maniacal laughter because I'm trying to calm myself down. And it's just no fun for anybody around me. We also, I think I went with um, another friend from work and her husband. I feel like it was on Halloween night. We went to the movie theater and saw... um, paranormal activity. And so it was late, we got out of there about midnight. And I remember texting her at two o'clock in the morning, because I could not close my eyes, I could not turn off the lights. I was watching Friends nonstop thinking that if I watched enough sitcoms, comedy sitcoms that I could like get over the terror that I had just experienced. But it, it did nothing (laughs) to help calm me down. (laughs) I'm just I'm a coward. I guess I'm a coward. I don't like things lurking, feeling like something's lurking around the corners, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the next episode. Luckily I, I live in a small house, so when I do hear a noise and I convince myself there's somebody in the house trying to get me, it takes me literally about three minutes to, <laughs> to check everything out. Um so, which I, I do at least once a week. I hear the weird noises and have to, you know, do a whole tour of the house, open all the closet doors, check behind the the shower curtains. You just, you never know what's lurking in your house. Nothing, nothing is ever lurking in your house, but you just never know. You have to always be prepared. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening, really. It is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so that we can keep going on this journey together. It's been a lot of fun. I am still just having a blast putting these together and talking to you and getting your feedback on the social media posts. Um, If you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review the show so that other individuals can find it. No matter where you're listening, just hop on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you're listening. If you could just hop on and rate and review the podcast, that would be awesome. The more that happens, the more that they promote your show, and the more people get to listen to you. Or if you want to share the podcast on the social medias, that would be awesome too. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at m and on Facebook as a bit of fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today, and I will see you next time.